Welcome to In Your Area, a podcast designed by area to update, educate, and refresh your knowledge on topics that matter to you as realtors, brokers, and industry stakeholders. Listen on the go, in your car, at a coffee shop, wherever your day takes you. This is a podcast designed with today's busy realtor in mind. Now here's today's host, Joanna Barstead. Welcome to In Your Area, a podcast for Alberta Realtors on the move. Podcasting from the boardroom of Alberta Real Estate Association, I am your host, Joanna Barstead. Welcome to this episode, Realtor Wellness. I am a realtor of 21 years, currently at Royal LePage Benchmark in Calgary. I'm involved with several committees and currently sit on the Calgary Real Estate Board as a director. I am passionate about fitness, including biking, skiing, hiking, and getting out and enjoying the culture that Calgary has to offer. Joining me today is Corey Donald of Forward Psychology and Wellness, known as Edmonton's Run and Walk Psychologist. Corey is a registered psychologist and the founder of Forward Psychology and Wellness based in Edmonton. Corey provides psychotherapy for clients in office and outdoors on the move. Working from a foundation of positive psychology, he believes in the pursuit of human flourishing. Corey is a much sought after presenter and is renowned for his honest and direct communication style. He champions individuality, creativity, and diversity. That's like your superpower. Thanks for being here today, Corey. Tell us a little bit about why we are here and why you are here. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm really excited to be here. Um, you know, when I looked at the uh, opportunity, I was excited to come in and to share some thoughts on, on realtor wellness. And uh, I think the podcast idea just in and of itself is a really cool thing. I think it's great that um, agents and, and folks in the profession are able to connect to some of these podcasts and maybe find some direction and, and some information that'll help them. So I think that's great. And I'm really excited to be here. Um, one of the things for me that I think is really important in terms of just the direction that we're taking today is that in no way are, are my words meant to be prescriptive uh, in any way. And so what I know is that um, we all deal with things in our own way, uh, but hopefully through the discussion that we're going to have today, realtors are able to reflect on and even evaluate some of their own approaches and strategies for striving for uh, and maintaining balance and uh, and overall wellness in their, in their lives. I think... Um, it goes without saying that as somebody who is not a real estate agent, um, you know, I'm super mindful of the fact that I've never walked a day in the shoes. And so, um, you know, certainly I, I would want to make sure that uh, that I respect the profession uh, 100 percent through our conversation, which I intend to do. Uh, some of the threads that I think we should be able to weave through our conversation today as it relates to realtor wellness, um, things like self-care, self-determination, uh, I think we'll probably find ourselves talking about balance as well as as, uh, as control. And uh, I would think that those things will probably come up for us. And I guess my hope today is that, um, you know, we can have some positive impact through our discussion. So, you know, I think in my mind, it would be a success if, if we were able to, to support one agent out there, somebody in the profession that, uh, you know, hears this conversation, listens to this podcast and, uh, and takes something positive from it. I think for me, that would be a success. Okay, great. And just to, I'm just going to go back a bit. Uh, aside from um, what you are doing now, your uh, your father, you currently lived in a household uh, with uh, a parent uh, who is a realtor as well. So you are coming from a place as uh, not only as a psychology uh, psychologist, but also from a person who lived 
uh, in a real estate household. Yeah, you got it. That's exactly right. So when I say that I'm not attached to real estate professionally, um, what I am attached to is the lifestyle to a certain degree. That's for sure. Yeah, my, my dad's been in real estate as a an agent and a broker and, and connected to the profession in a number of different ways since um, for as long as I can remember. So uh, certainly I've got, uh, got a sense of what the lifestyle looked like from a family-based perspective. That's for sure. Yeah. So one of the questions that I get from new realtors is about time management and quite a few realtors that I know will book plans with family or friends and then will be very reactive when a client called and will have to call and cancel plans. Is there any uh, situations or anything you can say to help realtors devise a plan or a way to talk to their family and friends about how they're going to have to maybe cancel plans or change plans or anything like that? Yeah, probably uh, the nature of the business, right, would really lend itself to that, um, which which can absolutely be a challenge. I think the most important thing, or at least uh, probably the first thing that we would look at is awareness. Um, you know, I, I often talk to clients about awareness being um, kind of the prerequisite for change. So I would I would suggest that awareness um, would come first. So are you aware of what um, these impacts are? And I think further to that, you know, being mindful of the impact both on the age him or herself as well as the family and friend impact so you know when we look at that uh, it kind of creates a, a bit of a paradox in that um, you know you, the agent is torn you, you need to work you need to make money um, you know you need to you need to put time in to be successful but then on the flip side of that you may feel guilty for missing things and and that paradox can be a real challenge you know if you're um, if you're working hard, what ends up happening from a from a psychological perspective, at least, is is you get a dopamine rush every time you uh, start to succeed. And so, what you find is, um, you know, if you if you make a deal or make a new contact, you get a dopamine rush. If you you know new listing, you get a dopamine rush. Connect a buyer and seller, dopamine rush. You know, all of those things they feel really good. But then on the other side of that, um, you know, although that that starts to feel almost addictive, um, that success on the other side of it is what's the impact that's that's happening with family so i think i think if um you know we could kind of break that down into into how do we approach that um I think first and foremost, it's probably knowing that your choices are going to affect the people that you care about. I think that's probably the first thing. And knowing that there are always repercussions for it, right? Uh, it's going to affect yourself as well and your well-being. So talking to your partner is probably the first step. Um, you know, as long as the adults in the relationship are um, kind of comfortable with what the direction looks like, um, you know, and what the expectations are, that's probably a good place to start, kind of a mutual agreement or at least a mutual understanding. Um, I, th- I think the other part of that too, though, is talking to children can be really tough. So as a family, you certainly want to have the conversation. But overall, I think it starts with the adults. So if you if you could first look at maybe um, having the conversation and including in that conversation um, a determination about what the non-negotiable things are. So um, while while it would feel as though the, the schedule is um, sort of all over the map, are there non-negotiables as part of your family and friends? Um, so 
you know, our, our kids' school events, non-negotiables, our kids' sporting games, you know, maybe one a week type thing. Is that a non-negotiable? Uh, what about anniversaries and birthdays, right? Uh, are those things non-negotiable? So I guess looking at some blackout dates as a start. So some, some times where, you know, we're not going to uh, adjust our schedule around these particular things would probably be a good place to begin. Um, and then I think the other part of that too is, you know, longer term, it's how does your family become a part of your team? Right. So I think it's uh, it starts with awareness, uh, being really intentional with that, knowing what is going to happen in terms of the uh, the impact on both the agent and the family, and then trying to figure out how do we as a, as a collective um, kind of make this work for all of us. Right. So just kind of going over that is is really just sitting down with your family and figuring out, you know, maybe some five or ten non-negotiables that is very uh, specific to to what's important to you. Yeah, exactly. And I think we'll fi- we'll find ourselves talking about that. What is important to you piece for sure. That is that's absolutely imperative. And I think that, um, you know, and I, I kind of use that term blackout dates and what it's exactly what I mean is, you know, what is it that we don't want to cross uh, over into? What is it that is a non as you put it, a non-negotiable? So, yeah, I think that's probably a great place to start for sure. If you had to pick some non-negotiables that uh, are important to you that can can um, also be important for realtors, what would you say would be kind of some five or seven non-negotiables that you think all realtors should should adopt or look at? Yeah, you know what? I struggle with that one. And I'll tell you why. I think. I mean, I can give you my own for sure. I struggle with it because what I find professionally is that everybody that comes in has has unique individual uh, sort of non-negotiables, right? Uh, I, I think the biggest thing there would foundationally be looking at um, – what is my family? What do I need? And what does my family need in order f- to make this all work? Right. So some non-negotiables should probably include uh, things like birthdays and anniversaries. Why don't we go there as, as low hanging fruit? But it's very much individualized. Right. And I think, uh, you know, the other part of it from a from a realtor's perspective, I think, you know, any profession tough to generalize what those non-negotiables should be. But number one, um, you know, what does the family need in order to feel as though it's it's things are working right but i think what we would be talking like i i wouldn't i wouldn't be giving you five non-negotiables for me because i'm not an agent but what i would talk about is um what's in what's the non-negotiables being developed through determining what's most important to you if that makes sense so it's like, you know, being reflective of, of your goals, right? Are my behaviors reflective of what my goals are? Um, are my behaviors are, or what, how I'm choosing to conduct myself? Am I moving closer to where I want to be? Right. Am I presenting myself in an authentic way? Right. Are the, is the way that I'm presenting myself in alignment with what I, what, what my values are, those kinds of things. Right. How do you coach realtors on taking a day off? as we are always on call and is are there any steps or any advice that you can give us on how to let go of the the phantom phone call that we always hear when we have the day off 
That's uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, a day off, right? How do you define a day off? I guess I guess um, for individuals, we would have to look at. Uh, for me, it's it it kind of sounds something like this when people come into my office. There's there's really no problem unless you tell me that there's a problem. So, if if not taking a day off isn't a problem for a realtor, this falls into that category of awareness. Um, you know, if not taking a day off is is not a problem, then we really don't have anything to work with. Otherwise, um, again, I think we're talking about boundaries here. And I think the other thing we're talking about is self-care. So, you know, when you're when you're looking at, um, you know, how do I how do I make sure that I look after myself? Uh, you know, it's 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 important in order to be successful, uh, you know, to know that you've got to kind of put your energy into different areas of your life. And, it, it, you know, we will talk about that, I think, a little bit more. Um, but uh, where do I put the energy? And, and if I need some time off to sort of recuperate, right, you talked about off the off the beginning, how, you know, you like to get out into nature and those kinds of things. I mean, we're, we're talking there about balance. Um, honestly, it's going to come down to some scheduling and some choice. And I think it actually fits into the blackout dates idea too, where, you know, maybe I need to schedule, um, days off regardless of what's coming up. I read, I read that you do a lot of, uh, some of your coaching outdoors as well. So you're in Edmonton and it looks like you kind of run and walk along, um, the river path. If, if we had 10, 15, 20 minutes that we weren't seeing clients, where would you want a realtor to spend time? Like, would you say go out, walk around? Would you say, like, what is, what would be something that would be beneficial to just recharge a realtor? Yeah, that's awesome. Good question. Great question, actually. I think what uh, what you find is um, just being outdoors is probably key, right? I know in Calgary, you get a lot of Chinook. So uh, the weather in Calgary is, is somewhat more conducive, I think, to getting outside sometimes in the winter. Um, and, and spring, summer, fall, obviously, it's beautiful, but definitely getting outside. And what, what we find is that, um, you know, when we're outdoors, and we're active, whether that's just a walk around the block, or it's a run through a river valley, or those types of things, um, you, you know, you, you open up your mind to different ways of thinking. So, so we find that when you're outdoors, you're more creative, right? Um, and it just does take a, it, it doesn't take very long. You, you know, you mentioned 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, if you can go 30 minutes, that would be even better. Um, you know, even over the lunch break. And if you could leave your phone on your desk or in your vehicle, uh, that would be another uh, beneficial piece um, just to get outside, get moving, open up those different ways of thinking. Um, it really does create uh, uh, an element of, of well-being that I think uh, can help you sort of refresh and re- refocus when you come back for sure. Okay, Corey, uh, what would you suggest to a new realtor on how to set boundaries with clients, friends, uh, family and, cl- and with, for personal time. You know, when I look at it, it's, uh, you know, having not experienced it myself in terms of the profession, um, I would say that in any profession, when you're just starting out, especially, um, you know, it may seem as though the balance is a little bit out of whack because your time in is a little bit more than your than your time out as you're trying to get established. And I can certainly respect this. Um, you know, being mindful of that and, ha- and and the impacts of it is is really important as well. And I'd still be looking at the balance, even though, you know, if if it is swayed towards the profession in the first few years, I think we do still have to look at, um, 
you know, you know, what is the impact of, of the imbalance, I suppose, at that point. And it might mean that newer agents are just trying to, you know, put different pieces of a team together, which, um, you know, might include people like a, you know, a mentor in the business. Um, I would say a psychologist, maybe their physician, those kinds of things, maybe even a personal trainer, right? And a spouse and a partner, just, um, you know, trying to make sure that they've got a team around them. And then again, it comes down to awareness, right? Uh, am I aware first and foremost that I even need to set boundaries? Um, you know, and I think that with the explosion of social media, as, as, as you've mentioned, and that sort of 24 hour access, um, boundaries are incredibly important to establish. And, and I would imagine that, that that's the case for, for newer realtors, especially, um, for me, I think the following steps would be really important. And the first would be, um, am I aware that I need boundaries? And as simple as that sounds, um, oftentimes that that's kind of the first sort of key. That's sort of the, the key that unlocks the door. So first and foremost, foremost, am I even aware that I need boundaries? And after I become aware that I need some boundaries, uh, I'm going to choose what those boundaries need to look like. And I'm going to choose them based on my priorities. And that's going to include both work and family and friends, right? Um, so first of all, I'm aware. Second of all, I'm going to choose. And then third, I'm going to implement the boundaries and finally, the last one is I know that I'm going to adjust if I need to. Um, and again, that's that flexibility piece that uh, that's really important. One thing for sure about boundaries in general is that as soon as we set them or establish them, um, there will be some feedback on them for sure. And the feedback isn't always positive. <laughs> so sometimes the feedback feels a little bit like pushback. So um that's kind of a, a boundary piece there for sure. I can only imagine how difficult it is with 24 hour access to, uh, you know, product right now and, and, and cell phone numbers and texts and social media. I can only imagine the challenge. Certainly some boundaries would be important. Cause I think, I think, um, I think realtors, they understand, they understand that they're not balanced. Like I'm, and I'm yeah. not balanced. We all understand that. I think we almost need a roadmap sometimes to understand, like, we know we're not balanced. What are some of the things that we can work on and how do we identify, you know, where we're at or where we're going and then how I need help or, because a lot of realtors won't go for help unless they have like this this aha moment or this trigger point or tipping point of them going, somebody saying, we're going to break up. 100%. I agree with you. And I think, and I think that's the, that's the ultimate fear. And I think what that comes down, that actually comes down to more, a com more of a conversation of proactive, um, healthy habit. Right. And so how am I looking after the now so that I don't hit that drop off the cliff situation? Right. I end up with a, an impaired or I break my, you know, my partner leaves me or, um, you know, I, I, I go bankrupt, whatever. Right. Like how, how do I manage this so that shit doesn't go sideways at a certain point in my career? I agree right. with that. And oftentimes, unfortunately, I think what you're saying too, Joanna, and I respect it so much is that, and, and I'll say this too, there's two things here. Um, the first one is, holy crap, what a seductive field 
what a, what a seductive profession. Uh, and Owen, we talked a little bit about the dopamine kick that we get when we are successful and when we're moving towards our goals. You make a sale and, uh, you know, or, or connect a buyer and a seller in some way or, or whatever the case may be. You get a dopamine kick. That's addictive. You can see how work would become a very addictive thing. And the problem with that is that if it becomes so addictive that you, you allow or inevitably everything else seems to start to fall away, eventually the cycle turns and it, you're maybe not flying as high as you were and all of those other pieces, the ground's already dropped out. Right. right. And so it, we come all the way back around to awareness and goals and uh, self-awareness, self-understanding, those kinds of things and balance. It's interesting that you say, that you say that it's it's addictive because of the dopamine. It is that wolf on Wall Street kind of mentality and real estate attracts a certain type of of uh, person who who wants that that. Uh, lifestyle, like I'm going to be a baller. I'm going to go out and drink. I'm going to, it's like really big highs. Like we, we get really big highs. And then when we get the big lows where it's the market that we're not in control, that, that is this tailspin of us going, you know, what the hell is going on? And, and then we're, we're like backpedaling on trying to create habits that we never, ever were able to create because we were just go, go, go. It's like fast paced. And there's so much there, right? I mean, one of the things that you're talking about is so use the analogy of the, the marathon again, you put the training in for when you're not, you know, you're not necessarily going to need it, you know, that you've done it already. You're there, you've run the miles, you've got there, it's you're ready to go. Or it's the same as you learn how to change a tire in your garage so that when you need it, it's available to you, right? When you're on deer foot and it's minus 25, uh, you know how to change your tire. So you put the groundwork in in advance. I'm always talking to clients about using the strategies that we come up with in, in our interactions in, in therapy. Um, when they don't need them because then they're accessible when they do need them. So, so there's a part of that there that I think fits here too, where how am I um, laying a foundation of balance? How am I laying a foundation of balance that will enable me to ride out the lows and the highs? Right. right? And so the other thing that we talk about often in my office is, um, you know, and uh, your point is so important. Yes, there are huge highs and potentially huge lows in your industry. I would be looking at, you know, and I, and I talk to clients about this all the time, regardless of the industry that they're in. How do we keep you in sort of the, the middle ground? right? So your highs aren't turning you into a god and your lows aren't kicking you into the gutter, right? How do you ride that out? And again, I think it comes down to the work that you put in, whether things are good or bad, where you develop that foundation, if that makes sense. Right. Well, because in real estate is, I don't know many other businesses where you have a culture of, you know, you compare yourself with others. So you put in all this time, all the time, and you see other success, and then you're not getting the same success. And to continue to put that time in without seeing success is so challenging on your psyche to kind of go, I'm a loser. Like nobody wants to work with me. And the more desperate you get, the more desperate the public 
sees of that. And that's when we get the the bad like used car salesman kind of analogy. So you you've opened a conversation, um, you know, about a lot of things there. I think that are that are really important. I think when we're looking at what our behaviors are like, um, one of the most important things that we should be looking at is are my behaviors reflective of my goals? Um, so does this what how I'm behaving does this reflect what my goals are? That's first and foremost. The second one would be um, asking yourself uh, the way that I'm choosing to behave is it moving me closer to where I want to be I think that's a good question as well and then the third question that I think is really important and it's going to bring us all the way back around to your comparing comment um, am I presenting myself authentically so am I presenting myself in a way that reflects and is in alignment with my values and I think that's important as well. And those things get really tricky when we find ourselves under stress and under pressure to perform and and needing to make sales and those kinds of things. When we find ourselves back into backed into a corner, it changes the way our behavior um, comes across sometimes. So being mindful of that's really important. When you mention um, this this idea of comparing ourselves to others that doesn't happen obviously just in in real estate that that happens all over the place and in every industry and and reflecting on the fact that you're first and foremost becoming aware that you're doing it reflecting on the fact that this is what you're doing is important the other thing that becomes really important as you alluded to as well is what am I saying about myself to myself? Um, because oftentimes what will happen is we we start to realize when we, we really look at our thoughts, my thoughts have become pretty self-defeating. Uh, and I'm starting to live up to the expectations I'm setting for myself in terms of the way that I'm speaking to myself, which it's, it sounds almost counterintuitive that your negative thoughts would start to to drive you lower. But but it does. Do you ever do you ever ask clients to to get off social media for yeah. the uh, for the idea of they see like the pretty picture? Everybody's doing all this business. They're looking amazing. They're healthy. They're in the gym. Of course. And in actual fact, yeah. What ends up happening is, um, you, you know, you're you're getting a, you're getting somebody's highlight reel, right? Right. And so and it and it's completely inauthentic. Now, that being said, social media is wonderful for, you know, doing business and those kinds of things and presenting ourselves in a way that's um, uh, really, you know, you can take time to really develop your social media presence. It can do great things. But if you're comparing yourself um, personally to or even professionally, perhaps in your in your industry um, to somebody's social media feed, yeah, you're, you're comparing yourself to something that's probably fictional in a lot of ways so the highlight reel the highlight reel yeah that's yeah. what it is right everybody's on vacation I, I often tell my clients you know you, you nobody actually has all their shit together um nobody does we've all got piles of it in different places uh and we're all trying to manage it in our own ways nobody's got it all together even though their social media feed would tell you otherwise um but saying that how do you become self-aware like there's a lot of people out there that are not self-aware. 
like what do you what do you tell people you know when you talk about being finding their true self for some it comes a little bit maybe more naturally than others it, it kind of goes back to that comment i made earlier about uh, you know there's no problem if there's no problem uh for some people it, it does take a, a life of a life event maybe or a situation to kind of bring things into focus sometimes it takes uh people you know it takes something to happen uh around them for them to sort of reevaluate their their self that you know their their kind of their behaviors and their intentions and, and also you know one of the key words that we have already talked about is values right mm-hmm. if you can determine what you value um, there's like all kinds of different ways to do that you could go online and find a value list and print it off and circle what matters to you um, you know you, you could start to look at those things to determine okay what matters to me and I'm, and and out the way that I am behaving professionally and personally does that align with my values um, is there anything that else that you want to touch on that you think would benefit realtors um, either now in the future helping them cope with with life work balance? Yeah, you know what? I think a takeaway and and this isn't specific to real estate agents, but yeah. this this is all of us. Um, there's a there, you know psychologists psychologists a lot of us are are a part of this too, and I'd say a lot of other healthcare professionals as well. Um, a holistic approach to wellness is is becoming more and more important and and probably more prevalent. So, what I would say is that yeah, reflecting on on what you need and what you value, reflecting on your behavior and whether or not those things are in alignment. And also looking at how do you build a team around you. And and for some, that will include family. Um, for some, that may include a psychologist or a coach of some kind. For some, that, you know, will, will likely include, uh, you know, a physician. You know, I can't say enough how important it is to go and see your doc and get a checkup, right? Um, for some people, that might include, um, you know, some yoga and meditation and those kinds of things, that self-care approach. But how do I build a team around me, Um that is going to help me, you know, kind of live, I guess, essentially the way that the way that I want to live in alignment with a what I value and and b what my goals are. That's that's that is great to know, because I do agree building a team and whether it's a, a team of family members or whether it's a tribe and a team in your office, one that allows you to uh, when you're down pick you up and vice versa, because I do believe that um, the team aspect is is going to help all of us better ourselves. Well, what we know for sure uh, is that there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you 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 absolutely nailed it when you talk about a team in different contexts. And, and I think that's bang on. I think in an ideal world, you've got some team members that are a part of your work life and your professional life. And then you've got some team members that are part, part of your health and wellness life. Um, and again, you know, we could name a bunch of different uh, professions and individuals and those kinds of things. But ultimately, it's who do you feel as though you need to to help? you be who who you want to be. Thank you, Corey, for your words of wisdom. Area members, we want to hear from you. Your feedback and suggestions for future podcast episodes will be critical to making sure we make this the strongest resource for you. We invite you to send that feedback through communications at albertarealtor.ca. Thanks to all who took time to listen. We hope to see you the next time we are in your area. (music) 